0: Our scripture today comes from John 20 verses 1 through 18. You can follow on the screens or in your pew Bible on the page 108. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. She turned around and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: want to be up front this morning that the message is a simple one. I am pretty sure by now you already know the punchline. <laughs> or as my preaching professor used to call it the focus and function of the sermon. You know, sometimes preachers like to take congregations on this long and unexpected trip through the scripture and come out at the end with an aha that no one expected. And that's pretty fun when that can happen, but Today is Easter Sunday, and there's no aha that I can dream up that's bigger than the aha that we already have today. And you know what that aha is, don't you? The opening hymn proclaimed it, the children's message mentioned it, the choir anthem repeated it, the scripture made it plain Christ is risen. Oh, good job, you guys. Good job. Good job. That's why we came to worship this morning. Or maybe there's a few of you here that came because it was part of the deal of getting Easter brunch. I get it. But most of you came willingly this morning. And you came knowing already what the message would be, wanting to hear that message, trusting that the same tried and true Easter message is going to be proclaimed today. Well, guess what? It is! It is! I'm not going to mess with the core of Easter. Christ is risen. That's the news. God has acted. Death has not won. Evil has not won. That's the news. That's the good news. But here's the thing on Easter. I think it takes a little work for us to dig down into the story, actually, to not just know the punchline. Because the mood in the story, the mood in the scripture, is so very different than the mood that we have here today. Right? Today we're, we're full of flowers and, and brass instruments and we have on new clothes and we brought the family together for celebration and that's all awesome. It's so awesome. I'm not against any of that, especially we needed a day like this this year, I think, after like that 15% Easter we had in 2020 and the like half Easter that we had last year. I mean, let's do all the things today to make it a day of fun and celebration and joy. But the scripture wow, the scripture, it's in just about as opposite a place as we can get from where we are today. I don't know if we can do it, but but I hope that we can meditate for just a moment on that. Take just a moment to try and put ourselves in the shoes of Mary. Maybe just stand alongside her and see what she sees and hear what she hears and feel what she feels on that Easter Sunday morning. To do that, you know, we've got to actually descend from the high of today. We have to descend down into grief. Because grief, that's what she's carrying above all else in this passage. And so many of us, we know how heavy grief can be, especially in those first days. You've lived this after someone you love dies, especially if they die suddenly, especially if they die young. In those first few days, you, you function kind of on autopilot. You can't feel all the feelings at once. They would overwhelm you, so you sort of stumble through the day. You do what you have to to prepare for the funeral. You you make decisions that you're not even sure they make sense. You're storing up all the moments and thoughts and conversations to be processed through later, especially when there's a traumatic death, and make no mistake, Jesus' death was a traumatic death. The fog of grief, it's so thick for the one For those who love the one who's gone. And Mary, she certainly loved Jesus. We don't know very much about her, actually, Mary Magdalene. We know she's from Magdala, so she got her name, Mary Magdalene. And we have to make note that she is not the same person as Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. Okay, that's Mary of Bethany. And that Mary is the one who anointed Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. Mary Magdalene is a different person She's obviously important to Jesus and to his movement because she stood there at the foot of the cross along with Mary, Jesus' mother, and Mary, the wife of Clopas. Three Marys all there together at the foot of the cross witnessing Jesus' death. But according to the Gospel of John, only Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb on Sunday morning. This Gospel doesn't tell us why she comes. We can imagine, though, can't we? You've gone to the cemetery. You've sat at the grave. We've stared at the tombstone and let the grief wash over us. We've rubbed our fingers over the name etched on the stone. We've put flowers in the earth to show the world how much that person was loved, to show ourselves how much that person was loved. So Mary comes to the tomb and finds the stone rolled away, and she goes and gets the disciples, and they run back, and they look in, and they run away, and blah, blah. That's not the interesting point of the story. The part that I really like is what happens next. What happens next? Mary's there. She's wandering in the garden. Already so grieved, she is all but beside herself because even the body now is gone, even the corpse she hoped would bring just a tiny amount of comfort. Even that has been taken away. And she sees some angels. But she's so deep in her grief, she doesn't even recognize they're angels because they say, why are you crying? And she tells them, instead of saying, hey, hey wait, you guys are angels. You, you probably know what's going on here. Why don't you tell me what's happening? No, she's so sad. She just says, they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. And then after that, she turns around, and it's Jesus himself standing in front of her. Jesus himself is right there. Now, granted, he is probably the last person that she expected to see upright and walking around, but still, it's Jesus, and she has no clue. She's so fogged over with pain and shock that she cannot see he is right there. In her days, she thinks he's the gardener, Which is beautifully ironic, because in a way, he is the gardener, right? He created and tends the whole garden of this planet, but but in this moment, Mary has no idea who's in front of her until, until he says her name, Mary, he says. And all at once, the fog is gone. All at once, her eyes are opened. She hears his voice, and and all the pain and misery is gone in an instant. Weeping is replaced with shouting. Mourning is replaced with dancing. Despair is replaced with joy. Grief is replaced with amazement. Death is replaced with life. When she hears him, she sees him. And she exclaims, teacher! Her mind, it must have been spinning but Jesus, he doesn't want to take time to celebrate. He wants her to go and spread the word. So he sends Mary off to tell the disciples that he's alive and where he's headed. And still full of shock and amazement, she goes and she does as she asks. She is the first one to tell the world, I have seen the Lord. I really I love it that it's Jesus' voice that breaks through the confusion and the chaos. It's the voice of Jesus that penetrates down to Mary's heart and helps her see the miraculous truth of the resurrection. Now, we can take comfort from this story that resurrection is a hard thing to believe or understand. You know, no one comes to the tomb empty and says, oh, yes, of course, raised from the dead, just like he said, neat, let's go have tea. No, no, no. They don't understand it. They can't make sense of it until until Jesus calls Mary by her name. Jesus sort of predicted this, by the way. Way back in John chapter 10, he said, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. They will listen to my voice. Mary certainly did. Mary heard the voice of the risen Christ and it changed everything for her. My question for us on this Easter morning is, what about us? What about us? Because I don't think that we are so unlike Mary. We came here knowing what the message would be, a resurrected Jesus. Well, you know, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, they had been prepared. It's not like Jesus was secretive about what would go down, but they didn't get it. Mary didn't get it. She didn't believe until she heard the voice in the garden. And we're like that too. We can know about resurrection. We can show up at church on Easter Sunday a few years in a row and get the basics. Death on a cross, empty tomb, resurrection. We can, we can even know enough to be able to say what it means. That resurrection is proof that God's love is stronger than death. That resurrection means the worst thing isn't the last thing. That resurrection means that God wants to make the world whole and healed again. That resurrection means God won't stop until all things are made new, that God will keep on until everything is reconciled, including us. We can know it, but do we know it? Like like in our hearts, like enough to make it change our lives. I don't think that we really know resurrection until, like Mary, we hear God's voice saying our name. What? What? Pastor Amy, are you for real? <laughs> Do you really mean that I am supposed to hear God's voice speaking? Yes, that is what I mean. That is what I'm here to tell you this morning. We still need to hear God's voice to know that the resurrection is true. Now, 10 or 15 years ago, the Disciples of Christ Church launched a marketing campaign that included a giant semicolon And the tagline, God is still speaking. God is still speaking. I always liked that. I wish the United Methodist Church could be that clever, but we (laughs) don't seem to manage it. God is still speaking. As in, God doesn't just leave it up to the words on the page of the Bible to guide us. God didn't just give us the gift of Jesus and say, well, he's going to say everything that needs to be said. That'll be enough. Or, God didn't just inspire Paul to write a dozen great letters and think, that'll be enough to guide the church, I think I'm done, I'll just relax. No, no. God is as active in the world now as ever. God is as active in the world as ever, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, God is still speaking. God is still providing insight and encouragement and guidance and hope. God is still every day offering comfort and peace and wisdom. God is ready to help us make decisions and process through our problems and be present to us when we're despairing or anxious. God is still right here speaking, calling us by name, calling me by name, Amy, calling you by name. The question is are we listening? Do we hear? Do we know what it sounds like to hear the voice of God? All during the season of Lent, as we've prepared for today, for Easter, we've been hearing stories of these one-on-one encounters that Jesus has with people in the Gospel of John, this meeting Jesus theme we've had. And they've taught us a whole lot about who Jesus is and what he was doing. And they've taught us a lot because as we saw Jesus meet with Nicodemus, or the woman at the well, or Mary of Bethany, we saw how Jesus wants to meet us. You know, this hasn't just been about knowing these stories from the past, it's really been about us meeting with Jesus now, about us finding a way to connect with God personally, and to hear what God has to say to our lives, about our decisions, about our work in the world, about our hearts. Over and over again, the Bible testifies that God wants to know us and God wants to have a relationship with us. And this, this is actually the point of the resurrection. Jesus was raised from the dead exactly as Pastor Rebecca said to show us that nothing could separate us from the love of God. Nothing the world has to give can separate us from the love of God, not COVID not war, not inflation, not job loss, not broken relationships, not illness, not injustice, not even our own failures and sins. None of that stops God's relentless love for us. But God wants to express that love in a real and personal way to us, to you, so there's not just something you know in your head today. It's something you carry in your soul every day, every day of your life, Resurrection is a cosmic event. We believe that it changes the world, but it's also a personal event. The gospel reminds us of this by by having this intimate encounter between Jesus and Mary where she recognizes him because he said her name. Jesus calls Mary by name in the garden as a reminder that the risen, living Christ continues to call us by name. He is right here with us, saving us right now. Now, it may be that you feel like your relationship with God is strong and you are hearing God's voice clearly in your life. That is amazing. We give thanks for that today. We celebrate that, and and we, we are filled with joy. But it may be that you feel good about your relationship with God, but you know that you haven't been paying a lot of attention lately and have not been listening as well as you could have. Maybe you've been trying to tackle some problems without asking for God's guidance. Maybe you've not taken time to stop and lay over your burdens to God. Maybe you need a little reminder today to turn to God in daily gratitude and to ask for what your heart most needs. So if that's you, then take this Easter day to reconnect with God and to fill the fullness of God's love. Or it may be that you're sitting here and you've never really had a personal conversation with God and you don't really know what it sounds like to hear God's voice. Hey, that's okay. You know, God is still speaking. Today is a great day to start listening. If you aren't sure what God's voice sounds like, I'm going to tell you. All right? I'm going to tell you. It comes, it can come sometimes straight up like a voice. Now, I personally have never heard it audibly, like out loud, but I don't put it past Jesus to make that happen sometimes. Sometimes though, the voice of God can sound like the voice inside your head. Like like maybe sometimes you've heard your mother or your father's voice ring in your ears, even when they're not around. Most likely God's voice comes to us like that, but when we're praying, or when we're sitting in silence, when we're listening, When you hear it, you might wonder, is this actually just my own voice inside my head? And that's okay to wonder. You might try having a conversation in your head with that voice and see what happens. If it's just your own voice, you're having a conversation with yourself, and that's okay. That'll probably do you some good. But keep at it. Keep praying. Keep listening. And you will learn to listen to that voice that is not your own, the one that's actually the whispering of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, though, the voice of Jesus is not inside of us. Sometimes it comes through someone else. Sometimes it comes through a friend or through a song or, or a speaker who says just the right thing and you, and you feel a chord strike in your chest, like when the hammer hits the piano string and, and you're, you, you feel this humming inside of you at the truth that was just spoken. The speaker may have no idea that God was using them to speak to you, but you will know. Above all else, hearing the voice of Jesus in our lives is about wanting to hear it, praying to hear it, and then listening for it. And when we hear it, there is no sweeter sound on earth. The voice of the one who saves us is still speaking, The risen, living Christ calls us by our name. Thanks be to God. Amen.